There are three things that darkness cannot contain. The moon, the stars, and the truth. All three will find their way through the darkness. Truth will often pierce its way through in unexpected ways, at unexpected times, and sometimes through unexpected people. Hello, my name is Lenora Housie, and you're listening to Secrets of the Churched, Revealed to Heal. As I recount the details of the day I met my birth mother, I've had to pause and reflect on the divine sovereignty of God. Can we take a moment to just do that? To think about God's sovereignty, the sovereign nature of the Lord our God? Derek Coley described it best in his 1995 gospel hit. That was my jam. It was simply entitled Sovereign. He had a voice compared to Luther Vandross because like Luther, Daryl could do a run from New York to Tennessee effortlessly. And this musical aficionado described God's sovereignty simply by saying this, God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to and how he wants to because he's sovereign. Just think about the things that have transpired in your life and on your journey, where the only thing you can say is, but God. And that's exactly what I had to be reminded of on that day over 30 years ago when I met my birth mother and on many days and through many tears after that. But God. There wasn't and there still isn't any logical or natural explanation for, well, any of my life. And I'm sure as you've listened to my journey in this podcast over the past couple of months, you would agree. Think about it from how I just knew without any real proof or evidence that I was adopted, how I ended up across the state from a suburb of Pittsburgh to the city of Philadelphia, and how out of the million plus people who live in that city, I somehow meet and become close friends with the one person who happened to work in the same state agency as my birth mother. And then how on this day, I found my way to the woman who brought me into this world. But God, period. You know, there were a lot of times throughout my life when I questioned things like, If it was never intended for me to be raised by Marion or her, why was I born to them? Why wasn't I born directly into the Housie family to begin with? After all, you recall me telling you in an earlier episode that just a few months before I was born, my mother, Betty Housie, had given birth to a stillborn son. Why couldn't I have been that baby, a baby born to her, alive and well and healthy? I mean, I believe that just like God told Jeremiah that before we are formed in our mother's wombs, he knows us and he knows who we are destined to be. He knew that I was destined to be born as Rochelle Thompson, but raised as Lenora Housie. So if you just allow me a few seconds to ponder out loud on this, it just seems like it was such a circuitous way for me to end up where God already knew I was going. 
Why was it necessary for me to have the DNA of Herb and Marion, but be raised and nurtured by people whose DNA I don't share at all? Well, believe it or not, some of those questions have just recently been answered as the story of my life continues to unfold. But for the questions that I still don't have answers to, and there are a lot of them, the only thing I can say and be at total peace with is that God is sovereign. Period. Now, back to my story, back to that first conversation with my birth mother. I'd always thought that once I found and met her, that the mystery of who I was and who I came from would all be solved. All my questions would be answered, but uh, not really, not so. I had no idea that our lives, Marion and mine, while we were separated physically, had been indirectly connected for years and in the most unexpected way through my sister-in-law, Christine Housie. So now let's go back to my family tree. It's a lot, so try to keep up. In fact, a lot of people have asked me for a chart or some sort of family mapping system just to keep track of everybody, all these families in my life. Trust me, I could use one myself. So you might want to grab a notepad or just take some notes on your phone, but here's how it goes. So I told you in an earlier episode, either two or three, that my father, my adopted father, John Housie, was married once before he married my mother, Betty. And from his first marriage came two sons, my older brothers, Vernon and John Housie Jr. They were a lot older than me, like 20 some years older. And in fact, they have children of their own who are older than I am. You still with me? Okay, so my brother Vernon, who died tragically when he drowned, he was only 31 years old. He was married to Dorothy, my sister-in-law, who was in the car with me and my sisters when we drove up to Marion's job that day in January 1989. Remember, I said my sister-in-law, Dorothy Housie, was with us. My oldest brother, John Housie Jr., was married to Christine, Chris, as we called her. And Chris had an illustrious career working for and eventually retiring from, wait for it, but you have probably already guessed it because you know how this story has gone. Chris Housie, my sister-in-law, worked for the state of Pennsylvania for the same agency as Marion. Mm-hmm. Chris worked for the state office in McKeesport, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh, and Marion worked in the downtown Pittsburgh office. And one day, as God would so divinely orchestrate it, a woman by the name of Jenny, Genevieve was her formal name, but they called her Jenny from what I'm told, was transferred from the Pittsburgh office where Marion worked to the McKeesport office where Chris worked. And Jenny and Marion were good friends. And it was through Jenny that Chris, my sister-in-law, met Marion years before I met her, years before I even knew that Marion was my biological mother. Okay? So I threw out a lot of names and some new towns I threw in there. So I'm going to let that sit with you for a minute. I'll take a sip of water while you just think about 
all that I just said. So to recap, before she met me as a fully grown adult, my birth mother, Marion, was a colleague and friend of my sister-in-law, Christine Housey, who I spent many a Sunday afternoon with growing up, visiting with her and my brother in their home, playing with my sisters in their basement, all the while, neither Chris or I ever knowing that when she went to work on any given day, any given week, in all likelihood, she would talk to, if not see, her very young sister-in-law's birth mother. I spoke with Chris just a few days ago. She's now 83 years young. She's got some health challenges, but she sounded just as beautiful and strong as ever. And she remembered the day over 30 years ago when Marion came into her office and told her that she had met me and that I was her daughter. In fact, Marion, Chris rather, recalls Marion saying to her, you'll never believe who came to my office. And when she said my name, Lenora Halsey, Chris said that she was totally shocked and in disbelief that all these years she had known and worked with my birth mother. And even more shocking was that she never realized until that very day that I was, as they say, the spitting image of this woman, the spitting image of her colleague, Marion. So Chris and I laughed about that when we spoke the other day about this striking resemblance between Marion and me, but how she never put two and two together and concluded that Marion was my birth mother, even though she knew I was adopted. She knew that the Houseys brought me into their family, into their home when I was six months old. She knew that. But she, like me, didn't know who had given birth to me, but she never knew that the answer to that question and to so many of mine was just an office telephone call away. Wow. So all the years of my digging and searching and wondering and imagining, trying to do research to find my birth mother, trying to learn about my original identity with all the scheming and this amazing ruse that Carolyn and I devised to plan and prepare for the biggest meetup of my life. All of that, when all along there was just one degree of separation between Marion and me, and that was my sister-in-law, Chris Housey. So why did I need to go through all of what I did to find her, to find Marion? Why did it take all of those years when it could have been so much easier if I had only known, if Chris had only known? Well, to answer that question, we just need to go back to the beginning of this episode to this. God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to how he wants to, because he's sovereign, period. And I hope that by me sharing my experience, you'll take a moment to think about your own life, your own journey. Perhaps you still have some unanswered questions of your own about why you had to go through some of the things you've gone through. Or maybe you're wondering why your life took some turns and detours that you didn't plan or expect to ever take. 
Well, let me remind you of the words of the prophet Isaiah in the 46th chapter of the book that bears his name, starting with the latter part of verse 9, and then we'll read verse 10. And it reads, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times to what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. In other words, what God is saying through the prophet Isaiah is that he's sovereign. He knows our end from the beginning and whatever his purpose is, regardless of how we get there or how circuitous or random it might seem, his purpose will stand. And in that, my friends, I am encouraged and I find a tremendous amount of comfort. And I hope that you do too. I hope that you've been blessed by this podcast in the same way that I have been blessed by bringing it to you every week. When, when God first placed it on my heart to tell my story, to share my truth in such a public way, I didn't quite know what to expect. I didn't know how people would feel about it. I didn't know how I would feel about it. But here's what I do know. I'm old enough and experienced enough to know that I don't have to know or understand why God is telling me to do something. I just have to simply do it. And so I did. And I am overjoyed at the response from all of you about how much you're enjoying this and how it has given some the courage to tell their own truth. I was even told by a couple of listeners, including my friend Wayne, shout out to you, Wayne Cooley, that this podcast has inspired them to write a book or even to start their own podcast. And that makes my heart so happy and it inspires me to keep doing this. And I will. These first 11 episodes have taken you through my journey to find my birth mother all the way up to the day I actually met her. I will probably wrap up this part of my journey in the next episode or two, and then I'm going to take a break, just a short one, while we get ready for the next leg of this incredible pilgrimage to truth. I also want to do as I promised and let you hear from many others about their about their journey to truth. So many people have reached out to me and said, you know, I have a story and I want to share and I, I feel that now's the time and you've given me the, the courage to tell my truth. And so I want to have those people as guests on, on the show. Unfortunately, the pandemic shutdown has hampered that just a bit, but we'll be back on track and we will resume with our guest very soon. So trust me when I say that there is much more of my story to tell. Literally, you haven't heard the half of it, but you will, and very soon. And so until next week, please stay safe, stay healthy, and remember, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You have been listening to Secrets of the Church, Revealed to Heal, a production of Be Inspired Global Media. If you have been burdened with a church secret and want to be free and healed, please email us at mychurchsecret at gmail.com.
You can also follow us on Twitter at Church Secrets One. Look for new episodes of Secrets of the Church every Friday. And remember, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free.